everybody back to episode 201 wow <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we've reached here but episode 201 of the a show i'm of course meals and you're probably wondering why the hell i'm doing the intro because justin normally does it well justin is taking off this week justin has decided that he you know after doing multiple, multiple, multiple episodes, he needs a break. And guess what? He does need a break. It's been it's been a very, very long week. It's been a very, very long existence. But I am here with someone who I appreciate the most, someone who I see at all of the events when we go to New York, see at all the shows when we come here to New York, when they come here to New York. Someone who I feel like is like you're like in the wrestling discourse, but you're not too in, too deep in it. But this week, you're kind of being thrown into the thick of it. So, um, Jeff J, welcome to the A Show. My brother, my brother, 201. I get to start the 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 second, the third era, the third hundredth era mm. of the A Show with you. And, you know, I only I only endeavor to be as rich as J5, man, and, and be able to take days <laughs> off. You know what I mean? Like... You know that brother. That brother's living the life. He got his his, his toes out in Switzerland. You know what I'm saying? He's, fed he's ice living. cream. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he got his toes out in the sand. So nah, but I appreciate you, man. And yeah, it's like I, I I'm I'm in, but I'm not in too deep. But I, I get I get in the deep water for the for the major events. So you know, I, I try to like y'all y'all do this. Like right. y'all are y'all are wrestling media right now, and let's Absolutely. not let's not um minimize it, right? For me, it's like I try to keep that line between media and fan because you know how it is, especially on wrestling Twitter. You go mm-hmm. down the rabbit hole, you may not get back out. It's like Inception. You if you don't have the <laughs> if you don't have the the dreidel or whatever to spin, <laughs> you might be you might be in for a while. But I love it, man. I love it. I love talking about it. And I love what you brothers do. Like y'all 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 keep the energy consistent and you, and you keep the discourse fascinating you know so Absolutely. i'm just glad to be a part of it and, and and talk my shit with you well thank you and 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 i also want to give a thank out to everybody who supported us last week during our 200th episode week where we did the twitter spaces like multiple twitter spaces um where we did the podcast where we dropped some content we dropped some free stuff shout out to everyone who's part of the patreon as well um and we we got more content coming down the pipeline it's not like this is over this 200 i feel like this is kind of a new beginning to be honest with you and i'm glad you're also here to start off this third era the third hundredth era of the a show um so before we get into any actual wrestling talk yes during monday night raw last week i mean not monday night raw last week monday night raw last night there was a trailer that dropped yes sir for the spider-man no way why did i have no way out (laughs) <laughs> I might as well be at this point. We are, we need that spoof. We need that spoof. Yo, do that before someone else does. You already know how that go. <laughs> but no way home um trailer. So as for me, I'm I'm someone who's like like you said that you're like one foot into the the wrestling discourse and stuff like that. I am also with the whole Marvel and things. I'm like barely there. I would say I'm an average consumer. Mm-hmm. 
I am someone. So you who, watch TV. You don't really read comics. No, not you just, at all. You, you just in the. I know. It's, you know, if there was if there was some shonen involved, I know you would be the, the vibes <laughs> would be different. But I get it. I get it. Um. So I want you to explain to me why everyone is freaking out about this thus far. And I know J Five is going to hate this because I think he hates all Marvel things. But guess what? J Five's not on this show. So. explain to me. No, explain to me like why everyone is so hype about this. Yes. So, well, first of all, you know, Spider-Man is the 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 undisputed goat of all things comic book. And yes, I'm I am on the Spider payroll. I I I'm a stan. <laughs> I am a stan. I am an unabashed stan. But seriously, this was something that was anticipated because one of its ties to everything that's been going on with the multiverse. Like if you've been watching um since Endgame, when there was the possibility that there were going to be they were going to bring the multiverse which is multiple universes where one decision one moment can change how things go on so in in another universe meals you'd be doing a financial podcast right right now you, your love for wrestling may have branched off into a love for for economics and whatnot and you and J5 would be doing the 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 A money show or something <laughs> like that right right so so that that's what it is and you know, there there's been a lot of there's been a lot of build for this since since Far From Home because you have WandaVision, you have Loki, you have all these things that's diving into it. And ever since it was announced that there was a, a possibility that this was going to tie into whatever was going on with Doctor Strange, that's when all the rumors started happening and all the build and the excitement for what this could be. And as as time kept going on you started hearing more things leak out. Like, is there a possibility that there's going to be uh, appearances from Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, all the previous Spider-Man? You started mm. hearing things about, you started hearing rumors that different Sp- Sony Spider-Man villains, as who they were, were going to be in this movie. So that just opened the possibility. And I think last year, last because, last, you know, 2020 was a decade, so I got to kind of like parse through it. Um, last October, I had tweeted this could be the possibility for a live action type Spider Verse, right? And this first trailer kind of teased that that may be what we're happening. And the thing with Marvel trailers are they do trailers, they do trailers so unique where they give you like the B sides and the and 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 the deleted type stuff, and they do a lot of misdirection to where you get just enough information, but it literally does what a teaser is supposed to do. Interest right. you to see the next one in the next trailer. So even from what people saw, there were hints of the Sinister Six, which is six of his of Spider-Man's greatest villains that team up because they keep getting the fade individually. So they think if we team right. up together, we can finally get this dude. So this is like a a a conglomerate of his greatest villains across different movies coming together to fight him and the possibility that he could team up with past spider-man it's just for for a spider-man fan and for anybody who's a fan of of the comics there's a lot of different stories that tie into it too so you get you're getting all of that in live action and and if you love marvel if you love dc this is the best time to be a fan because Mm. you're you're getting to see what a lot of anime fans have gotten to see for years is right. some of their favorite stories be brought to to um I guess it is anime. Live yeah, you it get brought into anime, but imagine if you could see the the DB Super the Universe Tournament in right, live right. action. Right. 
I mean, that's God knows the type how that of feeling. Go, but yes, right. yes, that's the obviously. type of feeling that's be that that's why everybody's uh, excited because you know we we want us we wanted to see it, and then when the trailer leaked, you know, some people watched it. I didn't watch it, but people are excited, and and that's one of the reasons why you see a lot of that buzz. Oh my god! Okay, all right. Well, I'm ready to watch it because I've watched the other ones. <laughs> I legitimately watched. I've watched Endgame and pretty much most of the Spider-Man movies, and that's kind of it. Um, but I oh, may so I need to tap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, well, listen, we, we've got so much things to cover on this episode. We've got so much stuff to actually go through all this content and stuff like that. Um, let's get into No Holes Barred, and we have to talk about. I the most I don't even think it's the I there's a plenty of thoughts about <laughs> this return. I loved it mm-hmm. for what it represented. But CM Punk finally returned to a professional wrestling AEW Rampage. It is the second highest viewed AEW event of all time, this rampage. Friday at 10 p.m. I said it couldn't be done because I said Friday at 10 p.m. is a terrible slot. But the wrestling fans showed up to see their savior, CM Punk. What were your thoughts on on CM Punk's return to professional wrestling and his words, I guess? It's the reason why we're wrestling fans, bro. No matter how you feel about Punk, those are the moments that legitimize our fandom to casuals and the people who are Mm -hmm. are corny enough to, to shit on wrestling fans will be watching reality TV till they die. You know, um, but this is this is why when someone asks, why are you watching wrestling? You show them CM Punk's return and, and the investment and, and how fans love this guy. Right. And it's probably some of the best unintentional long form storytelling you could have where people. <laughs> it, it really was some some savior like the 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 society coming right? back right because it, you think about how many people are waiting for a savior to return and then the mm. savior actually returns and they react it returns in his hometown in his hometown which i i i think it doesn't ring off the same way it's still going to be a loud pop or whatever but the emotion is mm-hmm. it doesn't hit the same if it's not no. in Chicago where he's had some of his best. Remember, that's the same um, where money in the bank. Right. Right. Like I remember I remember where he returned to Chicago. I think it was 2013. He had that match against Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. ironically enough. He returned, I think this was post-mania after the Taker thing. He took some time off, he dealing with some injuries, et cetera, et cetera. He returns to Chicago. I forgot what pay-per-view it was in Chris Jericho. And that was like goosebumps there so chicago cm punk that's obviously the 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 mathematics on that is way too high like you can't just you can't not do it but i love the i guess the emotion the outpour the importance the moment and the shift that this kind of represents because to be honest cm punk Never said he. He said he would not return to wrestling ever again. He was jaded. Right. He was absolutely that. And I knew, I knew in my mind if AEW was going to stand any sort of even close to a chance of building as a brand, they would have to pick up CM Punk. It's just yeah. he's too big of a guy, and he's too representative of the AEW fan base for him not to be there in any sort of capacity. And them still be like, yo, but CM Punk's out there. Because they would be answering CM Punk questions for the next decade if he never showed up. Right. 
they would be like, yo, you can sign CM Punk. If CM Punk shows up, like when CM Punk shows up on WWE backstage, it's like, yo, guess you didn't want to go to AEW. Guess the shit wasn't, I guess the bag wasn't big enough. Guess they weren't doing this, this, that, and the third. Oh, he hates Jericho. Oh, he hates this. You know, you bring up the speculation for that. But him coming to AEW represents a lot for that brand. Um, It gives them, it at least, it allows them to cater to the because everyone's gonna say, oh, it's provide direct opposition f- for WWE. It's opposition, but it's still not in the league of WWE, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it allows them to bolster their fan base to extreme amount of highs. And you have a guy who's absolutely known, and there was a big discussion over the weekend as well about how over CM Punk is and the barometer of how over he is, which we'll get into, but. It just, like I said, it bolstered that fan base so huge. And it was a, it was a, I have to admit it myself, I was tuned in. 10 o'clock, I was there. I was tuned in. It was oh, yeah. fucking amazing. Oh, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like but the crowd and the emotion and everything. This is, there's so many parallels right now between AEW and 90s WCW. Mm-hmm. If you were around during that era, you see it. This was... WCW getting Hogan and Macho Man and all those old stars, like kind of, kind of mixed with mm-hmm. Paul and Nash, two different like the star power of of a Hogan with that cult following of of Hall and Nash before they even made the Outsiders and and right. NWO right like thinking about yo. They really left. What are they gonna do? How are they gonna um how are they gonna build in, in WCW? I, I agree with you. They needed this. AEW to reach that next level needed a get like this. I think even if they were to get Brian and they didn't mm-hmm. get punk, I think they still falter in a in a sense. So to like reach that next next echelon to where you could say, We here now and we are competition. Right. So, I, I, you know, I, I look at it, you know, CM Punk could have went in there and, and, and been like poopity poop scoop for 10 minutes and people <laughs> would have been like, yo, it's the greatest thing in all time. But, you know, he, he, he said he said what he said. And and if anything, you got to you have to give Punk props for pro- profiting off of one of the most famous worked shoots ever to yeah. where people invest their feelings their real feelings about certain products through that through that promo and through it to where everything where they know there's a lot of reality in it but they still react to it as if it was something spontaneous that was unscripted that Mm -hmm. he did and nobody knew about and he shook up the wrestling world so the way he subverted the rest pro wrestling and sports entertainment that day has carried on for years and years. And he actually did a lot for his legacy by not coming back to wrestling mm-hmm. because it built the anticipation for what he could be, because, you know, we don't know if he's still going to look good in, in, in the ring well, at this point, yeah. at this point, it <laughs> is doesn't this the matter. Best that this, is this the best? There, there's a conversation. Is this the best that this gets? Yeah. And, and CM here, Punk deliver when, he, when he's now in the ring. Can he and honestly, I don't programs? think it, I don't think it matters, bro. If he mm. can if he can be 50 percent CM Punk, the fans ain't going to care. They just love that that they have him back no matter, you know, uh, unless he's stinking it up, then it's right. going to be dialogue time. Right. But here's the bigger question that AEW has to answer. Is this star too bright for what you're what you're building foundationally 
with mm. your with your stars, with your Jungle Boys and Darby Allens and MJFs, your homegrown your homegrown talent, right? I'll even put Hangman in there. You know, people that that are foundationally AEW, because mm-hmm. because you know we 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 fast forward a little bit to All Out. Should CM Punk win? And if CM Punk wins. Are we are we having conversation about nerfing young talent for for established stars that come back? Are right. we having are we having that conversation or are we going to all admit we don't care because we want Punk to 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 uh, prosper, right? It, right? Should he should he be the next world champion? Should he win any like these are the things that they're going to have to navigate because you you potentially all all reports or whatever indicate you got Daniel Bryan coming on the way. Then you might have Adam Cole coming on the way. So when you when you know when we talk about all of this anti WWE talk, you're a proper you're going to profit off of a lot of people that were there before. But mm-hmm. what about the what about the people who are there now? What about your women's division? Right. What about what about your your black people? Like these are questions that are legitimate to ask. And if you want to give the benefit of the doubt because they're new, I hear you. But if you start a company where other established companies have made certain mistakes and have learned and adjusted, you should not be making the same mistakes in Absolutely. any business. You should not be you should not be falling for the same pitfalls other people fell because you watched them fall. So how right. are you walking into the same ditches that they fell into? There should be there's no excuse. There's no excuse uh, unless it is that you're catering for red meat to your base. Mm-hmm. And you know who your base is, mm-hmm. and you're just like, we're gonna build here, and then once we have this built, then we'll we can focus on everything else. If we all see it and we say it, then okay, cool. But but let's not act like this is some forward thinking activities that are going on when right. there are there are valid criticisms to to deal. Absolutely. Um there was a little bit of a discussion over the last weekend. Roman Reigns had an interview with Ariel Hol- Hol- Helwani. Um, and there was a particular moment in this interview because I think Roman Reigns definitely added some spice about, you know, <laughs> regarding the CM Punk thing, which to be fair, completely valid. He feels, I feel like if there's anyone, and we've been talking about this for years, um, if there's anyone whose career suffered negatively from that CM Punk podcast, besides apparently Colt Cabana, maybe. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but if man. there's anyone and maybe Ryback, but Ryback uh, Oh no, but, Ryback got smoked. Ryback right, Ryback got put on the on the filet, yeah, bro. Right. He was then now known as like an unsafe worker, but essentially the Roman Reigns kind of idea of like we got to make Roman look strong hindered Roman Reigns until the man had to leave for a illness. You know what I'm saying? Like he mm-hmm. didn't, he wasn't able to recover from that at all because of the stigma that was attached to him. It was like, yo, we're building Ron Roman, we're making Roman look good. Um, so when Roman Reigns is asked about these things of these part-time performers, and he responds, some people may think that they're better than they actually are. <laughs> um I I'm like, okay, turn that up. Because guess what? You got the same energy. You got to meet these people on the same way you're going up. You're going to meet these people same way up as you're going down. And Roman Reigns is on a star on the way up. But it opened up this um, conversation about these part-time performers and what they contribute to the show. And, you know, 
CM Punk is now in that was you know he's now in that I guess class now of these part time performers because from oh, yeah. what I've heard, um, he's not wrestling every show. He's not wrestling actively. And nigga, I wouldn't if I was CM Punk. <laughs> he's wrestling. What? I think he's wrestling the four main shows. Maybe there's some shows after that, but from what I've heard is that he's wrestling the four main shows. Oh, just he, just pay per view, just pay per view, and he'll be actively he'll be actively on the shows, but he won't be in a wrestling capacity. Now I could I could be wrong. Um, yeah, they'll probably do, they'll probably do a dynamite here rampage. Like they, yeah, he, uh, yeah, I could see that, but it's like it's it, he he's choosing when and where as he should, as he should, right. So they put CM Punk. A lot of people were concerned because CM Punk in kind of the league of The Rock and John Cena. Are you under the thing that CM Punk is just as over as The Rock or John Cena? Moves the needle, I guess? Yeah, I I would say even if you thought if you were on the side of of Roman Reigns and you, and you, you agreed with Roman Reigns, Friday smoked all of that. Yeah. Friday smoked all of that. By every conceivable metric, CM Punk is over. He's over casually, he's over nationally, and he's over in AEW. He's beyond over. He's in another galaxy right now. Mm-hmm. Now, now, if you want to ask me about all time, I, I this run may put him in all time. Absolutely. This run will put him in all time. Back then, I'll say he, for his era, he was one of the tops. But I was in Barclays when Rock showed up to confront Rusev in, I think it was like 2014, random yeah. episode of Raw. And I heard the roof go <laughs> off that. Like, 2014, Rock ain't been wrestling active for years like that, for real. Roof went off. Like, like that's like a, that's a different, it's just different. And his star power just makes it different. So I think this run will solidify any claims of moving the needle. And yeah, you know, hey, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns embellished because he don't like somebody. We do it. We're human. We're doing it. And especially somebody who who was talking shit about you. Yeah. I'm going to downplay him every chance I get, especially now that I have attained that level of stardom that I knew I could attain, and mm-hmm. I'm running like stuff is happening the way it was supposed to happen. Absolutely. Despite, despite a debilitating disease, despite <laughs> a criticism from someone who knew that speaking. And and here's the thing, people people we get into semantics on what CM Punk said, right? If you are an entertainer, you know the power of your words. You're not perfect. You may slip up, but you know the power of your words. And especially wrestlers, they know if they say certain things, how it'll be taken by certain parts of the fan base. So even to say make Roman look strong at a time when people hated him. People hated him, bro. Like I was at the Royal Rumble in, in, um, in Philly. Oh, my God. I was there. I was, <laughs> I was there, bro. Different. Different. You know what I'm saying? So, right. so I, I was there and I and I heard that like people hated him. So, so that type of sentiment carried a lot over. of 
I could imagine a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of questioning yourself, a lot of that, basically right. just purely off of this, those comments. You know what I'm saying? Because he galvanizes a certain crowd, and I guess this leans into the you know the, the moving the needle kind of over discussion as well. He galvanizes a certain crowd and says, like, listen, I am real wrestling. He even said that during his promo. He says, I quit wrestling in 2005, and right. now I'm back to wrestling in 2021. And everyone right. ate it up. As if right. that's not the most bullshitty issue this morning. I, I was like, all right, take I was like, all right, take the propaganda. It is what it is. Like, I'm not I'm not against CM Punk, but I'm like, you're not gonna ignore these seven years you were obviously wrestling, being well paid for, and you re-signed to the company as well. Dog, it's battle um, rap. It's battle yeah. rap. Everything might not be true, but we're gonna take it as facts because it sounds good. You Absolutely. know, we, we we know it's slander, but yo, you getting your shit off. So it's Absolutely. like battle rap. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, another, I guess, since we're talking about Ariel Hawani and his interviews, Nick Khan, um, you know, all all power, <laughs> the all powerful Nick Khan in WWE <laughs> sat down for a twenty minute interview with Ariel Hawani, um, to really kind of lay out and kind of like you get it from the horse's mouth, essentially, kind of like what's going on in WWE, how they're moving, what they're targeting. Um, did you get to watch any of this interview? Yeah, I, I saw clips. I didn't see the full, full interview, but I saw the different clips and, and what was making discussion on social. Right. In terms of just our show, I know because J5 works now with a lot of marketing and stuff like that. He's very so much in tap, tapped into these kind of discussions as well. And so am I, because it presents WWE from a different perspective, from a business point as lift to as in terms of what they're targeting, what we're looking at, what we can expect. And they're going for the brand growth more than anything. Mm -hmm. The idea of this being a professional wrestling company is kind of like it's a it's a company that promotes professional wrestling, but it's a brand that's just so much more that they want to like, okay, we're ingrained in Americana itself. We're a worldwide brand. We're we're something like when you look at like stuff like Marvel you know, Pokemon, um, Nike, all these other stuff. WWE is saying like, and we are also here as well. Right. And that's, I think, what Nick Khan was trying to say in this interview. But there's a lot of definitely talking points during it. They t- He talked about WWE releases in yeah, terms of like, um, you know, I didn't personally, I would feel a type of way if I was the one release, obviously, after hearing these comments. Because he says like, if there are not people who are moving the needle, we implore you to kind of go somewhere else. And if you're successful there, that's amazing. Just you know like every saying? other corporation in America. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just like every other corporation. And, and, and it's not even caping, y'all. It's, it's the fact. It's the fact. That's why you got to um, bet on yourself and, and be loyal to your, your, your career and not a place of employment. Because the minute Absolutely. they think you, you're not good enough or they've, they've utilized you for whatever they needed or there's quote-unquote tough decisions to be made, you out of there. And if you haven't built yourself up, then you're not going to be in a position to take that next opportunity. Absolutely. So he, he discussed that. Um, he discussed um, the changes to NXT moving forward in terms of like, okay, we're going to go for this brand. We're developing superstars. It's going to have a new look. People are very, very afraid. I'm like, yo, change happens all the time, especially in NXT, which has changed multiple times over the last number of years. Right. But um, I think, you know, I think people were used to this thing and people were used to the, 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 the company kind of like, you know, employing all these independent stars and making them superstars. And now there's like, Oh, we let a lot of them go. But I think they're more concerned with like, okay, how can we create this? And then also, I also believe that 
I feel like deep in my mind, all right, you know what? Maybe that's too much, but it's like <laughs> they've they're they don't want to do what they did in 2015-16, where they raided the independent scene and there was nothing to build off of or nothing to really take from anymore. Mm-hmm. I think this move of a lot of releases, I mean, it's going to benefit AEW because they're, they're going to hire a bunch of people anyway. But I think it benefits the independent scene. And I think we st- we're seeing part of that today. Even Zack Ryder himself. I mean, Zack Ryder's doing things, which I was like, wow, okay. I mean, more power to you. But um, he's doing things. I think it bolsters that independent scene for professional wrestling, which is desperately needed over the last number of years, especially with like the closing of Evolve, um, COVID. Right kind of slowing a lot of things down for independent wrestling. People don't really want to come out to shows like that um, unless they're sure everyone is vaccinated, everyone's sure. I think if you put these stars back into the ecosystem, we're going to thrive. Wrestling itself is going to thrive, and that's going to bolster the brand. Now, I don't think I don't know if Nikon has the – I mean, I'm sure Nikon has the foresight to do it, but I also think he doesn't care. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's all about product. It's not about people. And, yeah. and unfortunately – you know, if you if you you want that type of quote unquote family business type situation, it's going to be in in AEW and and um other smaller independents, right? Right. So it's a few things I took from that. One, when WWE says AEW isn't their competition, yeah, it's partially a stunt to 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 take shots <laughs> at them, but it's also facts from a business point of view. They're looking at. Disney, Netflix, Amazon. These are their competition now because they're trying to they're trying to um elevate past um or transcend wrestling to be entertainment. I saw somebody say they thought they were trying to be like a a, a professional league, kind of like any like on the same level of the NFL, NBA, mm. NHL and stuff for American sports. And and I can see that. I can see that they they're they're trying to get the entertainment bag. That's why they want to cultivate entertainment talent. I don't think there's a problem with different styles because if that's the case, once again, I implore people to keep the same energy, right? The New Japan dojos all teach strong style. Mm. They all teach strong style. But why is that not criticized? Why aren't they teaching British strong style or catch as catch can or or the WWE style also, right? right they right. rely on the people that they get, like like the Jericho's or or the Omegas, to bring in their styles to to different places. WCW wouldn't have been what they were if they didn't in, inject Lucha Libre into it, right? So I think there is a place for all these different types of styles in wrestling. So mm-hmm. if if WWE is saying, hey. We don't want to rely solely on indie talent. Yeah, as a as an NXT fan, as a wrestling fan, I'd I'd be tight because I'm like, damn, I that's what I liked about NXT. But right. honestly, AEW kind of nerfed that Absolutely. because they now that you have another legitimate big organization that is priding themselves on doing the same thing that a development part of a bigger corporation was doing. So what? What? Why? why? You know why? Why do that? You that, that's a that's an easy pivot. And at this point, to me, WWE has gotten into that stratosphere of almost too big to fail, mm-hmm. where they're as important to the wrestling ecosystem. They they are 
part of the e ecosystem of wrestling. Like they they are vital. That's why when there's WrestleMania weekends, you have all those other indie events that 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 hover around it. It's it's WWE is the center of the wrestling universe because everybody eats because right. they know wrestling fans are going to be in town that weekend and want to go to all these different events. If WWE didn't um, build up some of these stars that may not have been capital S stars where they came from, and, and then they built them up, when they go back in the world, that elevates AEW, Ring of Honor, TNA, and all these places because of that star power, because you're bringing more eyes and more money to the company based on who you built yourself up to be. There's mm. no way, bro, Zack Ryder would be the GCW champion if, if, if he wasn't, wasn't Zack Ryder. Right, right. If, if Matt Cardona wasn't Zack Ryder, there's no way they put that belt on him. Not not like that, like coming out of, of, of WWE. There's no way, unless he built a name for himself and he, and he built that up. So I, I think... There's a place for everybody and for and for fans of different styles and everything. Now you're in the golden era. You're in the golden era now. There's so much wrestling, so much good wrestling out there. Support and show show your support with your eyeballs and your money, and maybe things will shift because competition is going to make this thing get even better. Absolutely, I agree 100. I mean, this Nikon interview is about 20 minutes long. I suggest anyone who's kind of looking for, I mean, people are going to take it however they want to take it. I honestly believe that legitimately we're listening to the same thing and people are interpreting it however they want to interpret it. Um, yeah, because it's like if people are talking to like NXT, like they're re reading their epitaphs and, and eulogizing yeah. it. And I'm like, fam, you understand mad of the roster of like that Shin Shinsuke, Sami Zayn, the entire Owen. WWE roster was yeah. NXT. <laughs> yeah, that, that whole wave went up and we still had another wave after that and another wave after that. And how about the people that are still there? Yeah. Like, like I don't think, I, I think people, I, you know, one thing that, that and, and this is from WWE from a business perspective, why they, they kind of dropped the ball with what we're going to get into with SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. When once CM Punk came back and chose AEW, that gave all wrestling fans the fuel to finally like be heard in their criticisms of WWE and the bookings and pacings mm -hmm. and all of that and say, now we're all looking at you to top that. Show us that what he's saying is cap. And then you go do what happened with Bianca and, and some of this other stuff. And it's like now you, you're giving credence to it. Which which should only make competition that competition should only should make WWE a better company. But now you have even more eyes on what you're doing and the quality of what you're doing because there's competition now. So let's see if they step up. Let's see. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Speaking of SummerSlam, we might as well get in SummerSlam two thousand twenty one. WWE is already touting this. It is the most viewed and highest grossing SummerSlam of all time. By the way, I mean, duh. <laughs> when you compare it, I, I, I say duh because when you compare the WWE Network and what they were trying to, and this is also part of the Nikon kind of thing of him pivoting to Peacock as opposed to WWE Network. And we, we actually had a discussion about this in our spaces mm -hmm. um, because someone said, in my opinion, erroneously, um, that WWE's going to lose money for giving up their thing to Peacock. And I'm like, you could not be more wrong. And and SummerSlam, I mean, the SummerSlam thing is kind of just showing it all in, in, in its glory. They moved to Peacock because more eyes are on Peacock. Right. They are, they are fighting. We spent 
maybe four or five years on this podcast, listening to business investor things and talking about, well, the WWE Network, a, a million subscribers, uh, 957. Ah, uh, 1 million point two, uh, 856. <laughs> and they were in this space where they were threatening, like, yo, we got to get subscribers, subscribers up. And then they were like, wait, we have all this content. Why don't we just sell it somewhere where they're going to show it everywhere? And that's what Peacock did. And that's what happened to SummerSlam as well. You talk about Peacock, which I think has... God knows how I mean in multiple times the amount of subscribers that WWE Network had. And I mean multiple times, and I it is way more than just like five. It is probably like 40. Um however, it was the most watched SummerSlam. It was the sellout crowd, 51,000 for a SummerSlam, by the way. And they're trying to, and they're gonna they want to do that again at Money in the Bank, which is like, wow, y'all are really like going for it. Yeah, um, which wouldn't have happened if they only had, uh, if they were still on WWE Network. By the way, that would that I don't think they were going to stadium for money in the fucking bank, right? Yeah. And, and, and to your point, Mills, Peacock has fifty four million subscribers. Bruh, that's at least fifty four million. That's fifty four times. <laughs> right, literally fifty four, fifty four, fifty three. If you wanna, if if we're gonna play the Twitter math game, the Twitter right. math equation game, fifty four, right. fifty three. If you wanna get technical. More than 20 million monthly active users in the second quarter of 2021, bro. Listen. 20 times, 19 times, 20 times. More eyes. This is more, more eyes. And, and when they know these events are going on, it's like, all right, let's turn into Peacock. And this is why it was the most viewed. I mean, obviously, it's more viewed than last year. The pandemic kind oh, of like washed. Yeah, everyone's. Yeah. But you know everyone, what they say, Mills? Realize, realize, realize. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kick oh, me off, bro. Don't kick me off. I had to get no, that one off. Please. Um, <laughs> with that said, let's go through. We'll get to the low point of the show because it's the major topic of the show. Mm. This is why everyone's kind of discussing it. Let's get to the points of the show where either the high points, the low points, anything that kind of stood out to you on SummerSlam, besides ob- the obvious. Yep. Um, Edge Rain. Um, Edge Rollins. That was match Ooh. of the night for me. Easily. Easily match of the night like that. Another example of long-term storytelling that col- that that culminated in an awesome match. Nothing on the line other than just grudges and violence. That was the only <laughs> thing on the line was violence and, and fades, right? And, yo, they delivered, man. Edge looks great. Rollins, bro. Rollins, I think we underrate Rollins, bro. Like, people say Rollins is great, but, yo, in that ring... And 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 bro, he got his hops back. He got you saw the fro- the frog splash. Mm-hmm. The hops are back now. I know that he just doesn't dive out the ring because he don't want to. <laughs> his hops are back, bro. Like like CrossFit Jesus is back, and and they just they just told the story. I think I think the right guy won. You know, it, it gets to continue the further it and continue if they want to. But right. I don't think that a, I don't think that a loss. Hurts Rollins because he's playing that heel role well, and people want to see him lose, but they also want to see a fire match. Um, that Edge Brood, brood. Metalingus, um, Mega Mix. I was like, yo, they got an in-house DJ. They 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 blended now. <laughs> like, yo, everything about that. Like, I think the only thing that could have took this to another level, real talk, is if Gangrel walked him to the ring. Like mm. if, if if it was like, but but with the blend, I get how they went old to new. So that was a great way to save it. But if he went full brood and he brought Gangrel back to like walk him down to like get in Seth's head or whatever, that would have been ill to me. But what they did, 
I loved. It's, and that it's, was, it's, to me, was the highlight of the night. It was one of those rare moments where WWE acknowledges their history and incorporates it and beautifully incorporates it into a storyline. And I think Edge, who, by honestly, considering all the accolades he has, is not defined by the brood as as pr- pretty much the most prominent part of his career. But him bringing that back into the fold was also like, yo, I see you. To everyone who used to do this, the blood breath on Friday Night SmackDown oh, man. was also like, oh, I see you. Like, we're incorporating this as well. To add that to his character, instead of going like, it, it would have been easy to say Ultimate Opportunist is back. And he's pulling his hair and stuff like that. Right. For him to, to naturally incorporate this brood thing, I was just like, oh my god. This man's the goat. Like he's he's one of my goats for a reason, and this match proved it. And he, believe it or not, I mean, a lot of people we have to have a conversation about Edge and the SummerSlam thing. He's twelve and two at SummerSlam, by the way. You know, he might he's might a, be Mister SummerSlam. Might be Mister SummerSlam. Might be Mister SummerSlam. And yo, shout out to him and Adam Cole for doing their 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 uh, wifey's uh, moves. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> He pulled out everything. He pulled out everything in his bag and in Beth's bag. Mm, everything, bro. Like, it was amazing. It was just perfectly paced, very old school, but yet still kind of fresh match. Um, what else kind of took me? I mean, I was very, I was impressed by the effort that um, this was like a, a very undercard match with the Sheamus and Damian Priest match. Yeah, I wasn't, I, in, I wasn't invested until I watched and I was like, oh, no, they, they're going. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was impressed by the effort they put into this match because on that card, which has 10 matches, which a lot of them blew by, and I expected a lot of these matches to blow by. The first two matches kind of just happened and they just exist and that's fine. Right. Um, But they actually put in this effort, so I at least want to at least note that they were going for it in this match. That was a solid match, man. Like, that was that was that was a match where it was like a surprise. Like, not to say that they they couldn't do what they did, but you expected some type of fuckery or something like that. It's like, no, they went and they told a story in that ring. Even Priest taking off um, Sheamus's mask mm. to, to, to throw him off and then end up winning. Like, I was, I, was, I was bought in and it got better as it went on. Like, that was a solid match. Probably like a, a, a sleeper match of the night. Absolutely. I love the crowd cheering for any sort of Bobby Lashley related violence. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> only in I, I don't even say only in wwe but i think the people were so bloodthirsty people are quick to doubt goldberg and and i understand a lot of people view him they don't just view him as old they view him as not being able to wrestle and a lot of it's because of the stigma of everyone over the last year and a lot of it also deals with bret hart who at every chance he get will talk shit about goldberg mm-hmm. without fail um but i think this match if they were going to do a sequel, which is no doubt happening. Yeah. I think they went about this match the right way. Like, oh yeah, yeah, with I, the whole injury angle. Yeah, the whole injury angle, the whole the doubt, Bobby Lashley looking strong, and then you kind of have like Bobby Lashley like losing himself in a minute because he's super aggro. Uh, uh, Goldberg's son jumps in the ring, tries to get him son. Nah, full how'd Nelson. How do you feel about that moment? What was your What was your reaction when that happened? I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I I fucking loved it because it was, and I loved it because of the little nuances all after the fact of MVP, like, yo, chill, Bobby, chill. Like, yo, like, you, 
you're going too far. Like, this is a kid. Like, da 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 da. And, like, the kid is knocked out, and, and Goldberg doesn't even realize it until he's, like, woken back up. I love that little bit part of it, but I love it also because it takes this feud, and Goldberg's kind of known for these exhibition matches. And now you've added a dose of stakes to it and a dose of person, you know, and now it's personal for what Bobby Lashley actually did. And now you have a little bit more motivation for Goldberg moving forward, as opposed to like, I'm wrestling because I want to be my kid's superhero. Mm -hmm. Like now you really got to be the superhero and save this motherfucker. Cause like, (laughs) bro, I knew that crowd wanted blood when Bobby put the um, Nelson on him. And the crowd went insane. The crowd went <laughs> insane for this 15-year-old kid catching wreck in the middle of the ring for last week. Like, they just want, they wanted the whole Goldberg family put in the dirt. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And then let's talk about the main event. Roman yes, Reigns versus John Cena. Um, I have to, I'll be honest with you. I have to watch this match again. I think I was so, I'm still, I was still caught up in a lot of the things, especially everything going on on the timeline, a mm-hmm. lot of discussions. Um, that everything for this match was kind of like a little bit thrown off for me, even to the point of like, realized actually on Friday that Roman Reigns said like, if I lost, he'll leave. And I don't even think that was played up enough in this match. Right. It didn't even feel like it. Like, it just felt like, (laughs) okay, Roman Reigns versus John Cena. The spectacle is finally happening. Right. What were your kind of thoughts on this match? Or did you have like the same experience that I did? So I actually watched everything from from bianca on the day after mm. i was i was i was at an event and i was um and and i was watching on the way there to try to get as much as possible um right. and when i when i got to the housewarming i was just like up oh, well i'm staying off my phone i'm staying off the timeline i'm staying away from any type of of um <laughs> communication i'm locked in here sure so i was able to soak in a lot of the moments from that point forward. So I didn't really have that. I, I do agree with you that from what I remember, and this is this is like a rare L for Michael Cole. I don't think that they, I don't call it L, I won't be harsh, but I'm just saying like a misstep mm-hmm. where it wasn't, it wasn't emphasized enough. Even McAfee didn't. Usually right. he might say something, he'll say something that's off the beaten path, but good. But it wasn't like, yo, he was one step away from losing his title and being out of WWE. Like, this is like loser leaves town, basically. One of them is leaving or both of them are leaving, right? So I, that wasn't really emphasized. But the match itself, yeah, I was locked in, man. It delivered. It was as advertised. Um, I loved Roman talking shit. I mm-hmm. loved Cena ch- changing up his usual style from, like, just wrestling to just trying to go for pin. He was wrestling like an underdog. Yeah. Which is normally not, not, we don't see that. Right, right. That, and he, so his style, he changed his style to emphasize the whole one, two, three. So all, you know, small packages, all the roll ups, all of that, kept trying to do that. And uh, yeah, man, it, it felt like I, and I understood why after, because I wasn't on the timeline for it, but I understand with everything that happened, why people weren't as like, into the match but i'm mm-hmm. like fam there was a lot going on cena hit him with his whole package and he kicked yeah. out of every he kicked out of the super fu like that's big that's Huge. big man like cena kicked out of, of 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 multiple superman punches and got out of the um the guillotine like there was a lot of 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 great false finishes great st- psychology in the ring with just roman getting thrown off um 
thrown off by how Cena was wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. everything. Like, even, like, I feel like the Brock moment was the moment that, uh, you know, everybody kind of had to, you had to lock into the moment because, holy shit, Brock yeah. is back and he looks like fucking Goro from, from Mortal Kombat and he looks even more menacing <laughs> with a ponytail than he did with a full head of hair. Like, bruh, but, yeah, that match... That match was as good as you thought it was. It probably even better. Oh, my God. Brock Lesnar returning at the end of this. It never ceased to, like, Brock Lesnar might have probably top five music ever. Yeah. Because it is, that riff is something that seemingly rips through space and time. And everything, everything you thought what was going on immediately your brain shifts once you hear that Brock Lesnar like guitar riff knocking in I'm like oh my god he comes out he's looking very jubilant he's looking very spry uh, yeah spry looking like he had a great vacation but you know what he's, he's, per- still he's percolating he's percolating he's, for someone who works for someone who works like four or five matches a year looking well rested you know what I'm saying like he looks great and I thought it was an amazing look. I thought it was a menacing look. This is the feud that I've been waiting for because of the Paul Heyman factor into it. Yeah. Did you see the picture when they were like, um, custody of Paul Heyman match? Yes. Or the latter? <laughs> I'm, I'm so interested in where this goes from here because of the Paul Heyman factor into it. That's a, that's a story worth telling. The 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 previous as the advocate and, and 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 you know the counsel and kind of where does he lie truly? Is he really just going from bag to bag like the Brock Lesnar bag was gone, so he jumped on the right. Roman? Where do, are we telling this story? I hope to God we tell the story. Um, is he a sleeper cell mm. for Brock? Was this part of a longer plan plan to build up Roman so that when Brock finally comes back and gets his revenge, it puts him over as a more, even more monstrous person than he was before? Is this like a long term? Like, there's a lot of ways they can they can go with it, but yo, know, I I I kind of look at it and I'm like, damn, yo, everybody's really on SmackDown. <laughs> Apps, bro, we're gonna talk about that when we hit Monday Night Raw because it was not that good of a look. But nonetheless, we have to talk about it. We buried the lead for as much for as long as we could. <laughs> but Bianca Belair, yes, sir. The controversy surrounding this at SummerSlam, at SummerSlam of all events. I yeah, what'd you think? I had a lot of various thoughts because a lot of me was still trying to piece together. So we had heard during the timeline during the night that Sasha Banks was not going to appear on the show. And I was like, okay, what the hell is going to happen? I mean, they obviously got to bring Becky out, which all I said in my brain. And then they brought Becky out and I was like, oh my God, we are finally here. Because just in the Twitter spaces um, for the hot takes a couple of days ago, someone said that the Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch has the potential to be on par as kind of like Rock and Austin. Mm. And I agreed. Pending, you keep it about this, like these two superstars who at times may intersect, but are running kind of on parallel courses. But they're big, they're major. They might, when they intersect, it's a cataclysm. It's just, you know, it's huge. It's everything. Right. Um, so Becky Lynch shows up and suddenly all these thoughts are like now appearing in my head that fucking in three minutes or so. And then what happened happened. And the I was taken aback by it because I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that Bianca Belair 
would get washed in about 32 seconds, just completely after kind of everything that was done. And I can definitely, I know this, Becky's a heel, caught her off guard, all this other stuff like that. But the mere fact that it was done in the first place threw me off entirely. Now, I'm not to this, I'm not completely outraged because professional wrestling, but I was just like, wow, I can't believe that they actually did that shit. Right. Um, your thoughts. Yeah, I think that was the worst decision they could have made this weekend. The hmm. absolute worst decision. There's so many ways they could have went with it. Like, you know, I know you were saying it before, like, yo, the match is still on between them and Sasha. Like, we had all indications that. We were told it was on. Yeah, it was on. And then. I have a, I have a by the way, when, when we're finished with this, I have an actual theory that I've pulled okay. together from a bunch of things. Yeah, no, no doubt. But, you know, I was like, okay, what if Sasha doesn't show up? What are they going to do? I think everybody knew, okay, especially, you know, people confront if they want. WWE was watching. Mm-hmm. WWE was, has been watching because everybody's watching what was going, what was happening that weekend. So they had a button to pull. I think the Brock button was going to be pulled regardless. But, yeah, but Becky, if you have a chance to bring Becky Lynch back, you do it. Right. And and I thought what I thought was going to happen was they announced Sasha's not going to be there or they make something happen so that Sasha can't compete. Becky's music hits. They have a match, a match. Mm-hmm. And maybe Becky does something underhanded to, to win or Becky beats her. Right. Does something to, to take advantage of her, her lack of preparation because right. she didn't prepare for Becky. And then they they have a match and they and then she wins right. They they don't do that and not only do they do that they bring out Carmella who we've seen eighty five times, <laughs> maybe ninety fight Bianca, right? Where bro, I would have even been like Zelina would have been like, oh, this is not what we came to see. But at least we haven't seen that on that level, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. we've seen it on SmackDown, but. You had Carmella at, at um, Rolling Loud. You had her on SmackDown. You had her at all these places. Like, you bring her out again. You bring her out again so that the fan, the fans are thinking, damn. Like, I people saw were people, happy with her. And not, like, bad happy with her. Just like, yo, they were apathetic. They were like, all right, we getting this shit again. Yeah, because that, that's, that's low-key putting Carmella in a shitty position, too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, you're setting her up to get the slander. And I, you can even, if you look in the background, you can see people going to the bathroom or leaving. They're like, oh, this is going to have to be some bullshit, right? Like some of the fans. So then you bring Becky out. Becky clears out Carmella and then and then squashes her, right? And, and I'm just like, man, you can explain this all you want. You can storyline it all you want. But that was in, 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 a, in a realm of possibilities. That was the worst that you could have. Like you've built Bianca to be this strong champion. She's beat two of the horsemen already. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's stuff that she couldn't control with Bailey being injured and whatever happened with Sasha happening. Right. But I'm sorry. Be, um, uh, uh, Becky Lynch is not um, super, super Cena. And, and she's not Brock Lesnar. Right. She's not built like that. Right. I'll say that. I'll say Brock Lesnar. She's not built like that, where if she was a Brock Le- Lesnar type, you could be like, all right, this might be over quick. She's not built like that. Even her man matches are not built like squashes. 
So mm-hmm. why would you squash this champion in this moment, right? And and you know, it has it has to also be said like I hate the fact that her and Kofi both lost their titles on on squashes. Right. I hate it, bro. I hate it. Like I'm I'm not going to call no no racist stuff or whatever the case may be, but I hate it two two reigns especially with Kofi's that were long due and they got good reigns out of it right and built up and they built built this yeah built up and you put them on a pedestal to knock them down in that way you can catch an L like if Kofi would have caught a five minute ten minute L okay eight seconds Bianca 29 seconds where you let other champions get long drawn out losses like that whole that whole shock value L, I, I think it's whack. And and yeah, as a black wrestling fan, that shit is deflating. That yeah. shit is really deflating. And they did her dirty, no matter what. Um, but I, I will say she is a great physical actor. Oh, yeah. Her facial expressions, the psychology that she showed where she she exemplified everything that we felt on her face, walking back to the ring, confusion, frustration. She was pissed off. She was she she was in shock. She was she was hyped for Becky to be back because she understood the moment, kind of like her WrestleMania moment. Mm-hmm. But you still the EST and you this bitch is about to get work. Right? And it didn't happen. So you're like, damn, what happened? What happened? And you're trying to figure all of that out. And she she showed that. She showed that and conveyed that to us just in her facial expressions and her body language mm-hmm. walking back and even the comments that she made afterwards. So if, if, if there's any, any gold that you can take out of the dirt for this, it's she's built for this. Absolutely. She's really good. She's really good. So it, and, and remember what we said before Mills, the world is watching. She needs to get her win back and get it back from Becky and not no roundabout way. They got to do this right. Make, Absolutely. make this right. Um, my second, my thoughts about this also spiraling out of this is, but where is Sasha? Right. Um, we were, and I was, and I say this, we were told, which is why I made the thing. So on Twitter, we were told that match is going down. We were told, listen, don't worry about it. The match is going to happen. Um, that was on Monday. This was after the weekend of unforeseen circumstances with Sasha Banks not being, you know, or Sasha Banks not being there or at least the match being pulled. Right. I kind of have a theory of kind of what happens. And it kind of leads me back to kind of 2002 Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm -hmm. Um, Just based on all the reports, everyone is pretty much saying unforeseen circumstances. Sasha Banks is not cleared to wrestle, but no one will let me know what kind of injury it was. And I do not believe it was an injury. I don't believe it's COVID for people who are assuming COVID. I'm pretty sure it's not COVID Mm -hmm. Um, because just the night before of when the match was taken offline, Bianca, Carmella, Zelina, they're all in the same ring. If something happened, that's a, that's a quick diagnosis of COVID. Um, it would have been contact traced or they should have been, they would have all been off that show. If it was an injury, WWE usually says this person will not be there because they are injured. We are now changing it to this match. And they usually do it with all the promo beforehand. 
there was segments, there was pre-show discussions, there was um, the match package, which I don't blame them because Cardi B's up is used to it. You're gonna get this package <laughs> no matter what. Like you're gonna get like we we pay for the she, her her check is cleared, so ours got to clear too. Right. Um, I believe there was some sort of uh. Judging from kind of everything, I'm I'm replicating. I feel like there was some sort of creative difference. To be honest with you, that's not going to work for me, brother. That's that's not going to work for me, brother. I feel like because there are definitely reports. Sasha Banks was at SummerSlam. There's a video thing where you can hear her voice actually in the background or something. Sasha Banks was there. Um, I believe moving forward, and this is all speculation, so this is not, don't hold me to this, don't aggregate this, don't anything like that. <laughs> don't clip um, him out. Absolutely. I I want to, I believe in this sort of situation based off kind of everything. I believe there's a little bit of truth in everything. She got to the show. I believe WWE believed that this match was going to go on. Even through the unforeseen circumstances throughout the week. That, oh, Sasha going to show up to SummerSlam. It don't matter. Similar to how Stone Cold Steve Austin in the King of the Ring of Brock Lesnar, it's like, yo, he's going to show up. And he showed up. Mm-hmm. And then he said, that's not going to work for me. The unforeseen circumstances over the weekend put WWE in a position to say, Becky, make sure you're ready just in case. Be ready to... They didn't just pull her out there to like background and shit on the day of and it's like, yo, get hair, makeup done and figure the shit out. I truly believe this was always the B plan, considering all these unforeseen circumstances over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that that B plan was initiated. I feel like there was a lot. They didn't know how to fill the time. So hence, we got Shinsuke Nakamura and Boogs playing the guitar for no reason. Right. Um, we got Carmella stalling. For no reason. Walking out <laughs> like, mad slow. <laughs> walking out mad slow, doing her whole entrance, us getting this hype for this match, which was all amounted to probably a whole 15-minute segment. Right. And then you got the thing that happened because they say at the, but at the end of the day, when plans change for WWE, they change. Yeah. They don't just say, like, now nah, we're going to slot this into this. It's like, no, we're erase that shit, put something different on the board. Right. Um, and I truly believe that was happened. But I 100% agree with you that just as a black wrestling fan, it was deflating to see that loss in that type of way, knowing what we built up. And the reports now are that Becky Lynch is going to be heel moving forward. And I think that's great. But at the same time, it's like, wow. Why, why, at, why at Bianca's expense? Right. Why in that way? And I've seen, way? I, I've seen plans change and it be fire. Remember, Finn and AJ Styles at that pay-per-view when everybody caught that whatever that um bug was that was going around. Mm-hmm. And and we were gonna see like the the demon versus sister Abigail, and they pivoted to just a good old-fashioned wrestling match between AJ and Finn. Like right. we got we got a we got the bullet club showcase at that at, at whatever that um pay-per-view was, right? No storyline, no nothing, just yo, plans change, so we're gonna give you a fire match. Why couldn't we have got that? And I know you I saw that that fake um that fake clip clip out of an article going around saying that their their <laughs> backup backup plan was to bring out Naomi, right? And here's what's funny about that, Mills. Naomi coming out would have been better than Becky. 
to me what they did with Becky. Because imagine if she it wouldn't have, out. it wouldn't have did the headline, but no. it would have, but it would have been better. Because here's what they would say: Y'all wanted to see two black women wrestle. We gonna give you two black women wrestling. We gonna keep, we gonna keep the energy. And then, yeah, we also been hearing y'all rumblings about is she gonna be in the bloodline? Have Naomi wrestle as a heel and just leave the door open. Mm. Maybe she still loses, right? Maybe she still and, loses, but maybe she's doing a lot of that. underhanded stuff. Maybe right. maybe she goes to the back and she she sees the Usos and is like nodding at them like, yo, I hear you now, and goes away. All of that could have been done. And 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 as someone who deals in a field where sometimes you gotta be spontaneous and mm-hmm. stuff changes, I don't fault, I don't fault. I, I don't like I'm not gonna overly criticize, but at the same time, that's your job and you're in a live, your live entertainment business. These things are gonna change. And especially if you're writing out storylines, other wrestlers are usually back there in case some wild shit happens. Absolutely. And someone has to go out. Like there's b- b- people who ain't on the card. Like I'm sure Kevin Carmella. Owens was there just in case. <laughs> right. I'm sure Kevin Owens was there just in case someone got injured or someone got yeah. diagnosed and then we got to just throw Kevin Owens out there or Sami Zayn out there. People are there just you're on you're on the bench. It's like it's like real sports. You're on the bench just in case something happens or they want to do or they're shooting um segments or something like that. Like you could have I could have imagined um Baron Corbin wrestled on the pre-show with Big E. They probably did that because they had them there and was like, yo, we're going to give the fans something, right? They're so That's my thing, bro. And you know, Becky didn't wrestle. I don't even know if Becky's in wrestling shape. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So with all of that being said, we could have did but that. But she's champion. I, but, bro, <laughs> I bet you this. I bet you this. They would have did um, Bianca Naomi and Bianca went over and they would have had like a match match. I don't think anybody's complaining. And no. and and in fact, you would have you would have um you would have endeared yourself to that that black wrestling community, and they would have been holding it down. Absolutely, and, and that it's better to build those fans than than people who who don't who don't give a fuck about women's wrestling or or uh, non-white uh, wrestlers, right? Like, there's just so many ways, bro. There's there's so many ways, and they pick the absolute worst way. And they give credence to what old people been saying about their their shitty booking and shitty promoting. You know, I don't think we got to go out of the jump out of the tunnel, but you got to call it what it is. Absolutely, like that shit was whack. That shit was wild, corny, man. So, and, and and you know what? If Bianca Bianca's gonna become the mega star that she's gonna become, it's not a matter. It's inevitable. Yeah, barring something major, it's inevitable, right? This has to be the moment. This has to be the jumping off point to that. This has to be. At some point, this has, and I'm talking about big time stuff like go go to Raw and beat Charlotte type stuff, mm-hmm. like oh go get your win back from Becky type stuff. Like this mm-hmm. is this is what needs to happen going forward, or else everybody is justified in what they say about you. Absolutely, I agree 100. Um, let's wrap up with Monday Night Raw. Yes, I don't think we'll go long on Raw because, to be honest with you, <laughs> Raw pause, pause, pause. <laughs> <laughs> with everything that happened relating to the world of SmackDown, Raw feels shortchanged. <laughs> raw is still Raw, unfortunately, is still Raw. You know what I'm saying? Right. It is still um, Bobby Lashley, who is kind of like the. Uh, it, I feel like just a champion that's kind of given bad material um 
in terms of like okay how do we make this actually competitive it, it felt like the the scene was a lot more thriving and had a lot more of a pulse with drew as champion believe it or not but i just i feel like they're just stuck with bobby's lashley's angry he wears suits and he not and he you know <laughs> some people out um i i don't know who's next for his championship extreme rules was on i think it's september 26th so they got time yeah I, I, bro, I actually like Damian Priest stepping up because that's what it used to be in the old days. When you yeah. won the secondary title, you were the next in line for the heavyweight title. It just, it, it, it was like, yo, you're probably not going to win. You're going to build yourself up as that champion. And then eventually when the world champion clears out his competitors, you still there like, oh, it's me next. Right. Like that's usually what it is. So if Damien, yeah, Damien just won the title. He is wilding for respect, a, a tad bit wilding for respect. But I, I, I like it. It's fresh. something fresh. It's something yeah. different, man. Like build up somebody else. Because here's the thing. If you're going to build up a champion and you're going to have them lose it in a major way, they have to have worthy competitors throughout. And it don't right. always have to be the biggest name. You could build up somebody like, like a ricochet and build them up. And I know there's, you know, mixed feelings, whatever people, people have their thoughts on ricochet, but ricochet is dope. Mustafa Ali is dope. Like you can build a good storyline for them where on the main events, on the roars, they're building up their wins and Mm -hmm. they, they get into like a a number one contenders match and then they win. And then you put them in the, the, the deep water with Bobby, you know, I think Mustafa would bar him up. Absolutely. I think he would bar him up. And yeah, he might lose, but you're raising his profile by him Mm -hmm. being in the ring with the world champion. Like, that's the type of stuff that keeps it fresh so that eventually when you want to identify who's the next champion, you can build their role to the championship better while while Bobby's defeating everybody in front of him. Absolutely. Um, Team RK Bro seems to be Raw's high point. They're once again sandwiching the show. I mean, a little bit of everything with them. Um, segments, interactions, matches. They're just cooking on all cylinders, to be honest with you. I expect the I fully expect the rematch leading into extreme rules. But yeah, they're cooking with grease with yeah, RK Bro. For sure. They're they're the they are the comedic relief. That them between them and like what Reggie and R Truth are doing with the with the 24-7 <laughs> title. Right. It's peak. It's peak comedy right now. Absolutely, um, big turn. I mean, I don't even know if it's a turn as much more like I guess standing in his own truth. <laughs> the Miz, <laughs> the Miz turns on John Morrison after a Logan Paul segment. Logan Paul really grabbing the heat. Oh, they got him <laughs> like, out of there. Yeah, they got him out of there. <laughs> that was genuine heat. I was like, yo, you gotta. And I, I don't know if they sent Miz. Out. Well, I'm sure Miz was also always supposed to be in the segment, but it looked like they sent Miz out. Just think they were like, yo, just yo, go get him, go get him. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's let's get the segment back on course. Um, we're going a couple, we're going a little bit long because of all these boos and pauses and all this other stuff like that. Let's just bring it back on course. Logan Paul was rattled, low key. At least he, I don't think he thought he thought he was gonna get booed, but I didn't think he was gonna he was gonna get the heat that yeah. he got. Like he got um Vicky Guerrero, excuse me, heat. Absolutely, people stood up from their chairs willingly to like and. Inf- to emphasize the booing that they're doing. Like, right. And how you turn Miz into a baby face by well, no. clowning you. <laughs> right? That's what kind of makes me think it was part of the segment. Cause mm. but but you know, that's another example where 
I think WWE was kind of like, hey, we got our appearance. Let that yeah. man let let that man say he 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 wants this energy. He invites yeah. this energy, so let him see what the energy is like. Absolutely. So the Miz turns on John Morrison. Um, we're gonna get the match next week. The Miz versus John Morrison. I expect some chicanery leading into it, but mm. um, shout out to John Morrison. I mean, he's getting he's been amazing since he returned, and hopefully this will give him a lot more latitude to be able to do all the amazing things that he does without actually being like you know part of the Miz or anything right. really dealing with the Miz. So, um, yeah, he should hold a singles title at some point, man. Like he he's been awesome. And like, like he made me a fan. Like I've always admired, like, you know, I appreciated him. I respected it, but like, I'm a fan now. Like I'm a fan, bro. Like, like these are the type of people that you put, like he could beat, he could eventually beat priest for the U S title. Right. And then hold Uh, that on his own. Like let him rock. Um, carrying cross look evolved. People were making fun of it. Um, very giving you a lot of gimp. It's uh, giving me, um, Skyrim. By by an axe from you. Vibes. Oh my god! And then also Charlotte Flair makes a declaration of the new women's evolution as she comes with her twelfth women's championship reign, and seemingly Alexa Bliss is the next challenger. Why not? Why not at this point? Like I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> why? Yeah. Why? Why? Not? Like who? Who else? It's not. Who else it's it not be? a feud that's been done before. So really, I feel yeah. like they've never crossed paths. They they had a match at Survivor Series once when one was the Raw Women's Champion and one was the SmackDown's Women's Champion. Right. But right. they've never had a full-length kind of feud um, because both of them have been heel <laughs> for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now you have Alexa Bliss kind of as a face. She's doing her thing. She's standing in the way of Charlotte. I guess we're getting away from the Rhea and, and, and Nikki Cross type of thing. Um, right. So... Yeah, I mean, they need a reset too. I think the Royal Women's Division needs a reset too. Just like just some new blood, like yeah. they could do. They could do well with some call ups and then send them to Raw and then start start building it up. But I, I think that Alexa versus Charlotte could be a cool build up because I I could see Charlotte saying like "fuck that doll" and not yeah. and not and no selling all the magic until something <laughs> major happens and then Absolutely. she gets rattled a little. So yeah, why not? Like if if it that's actually something low key fresh. Yeah, because we haven't really seen something extens- extensive with that, so I-, I think that's dope. I mean, that was Monday Night Raw. We don't. I think everything else that happened over the week was a lot more important than Monday Night Raw, hence the right. abbreviated discussion for it. it for what but, it was, it was better than it has been. It was. Yeah. It was better than it has been, which isn't saying much, but mm-hmm. it it was. They're they're on the right track if that's what they're trying to do. Absolutely. Um. I mean, that's it, man. Jeff, thank you for coming through, man. You were amazing calls, bro. No, I, I appreciate you, man. You know, I, I got mad love for you and, and, and J5 and what y'all doing on the A show, man. Like, I'm I am I'm a fan. I'm rooting for y'all. And when y'all when y'all get big, like I said, just get me the credentials so I could come to y'all events. That's all I ask. I don't be asking too much. <laughs> but seriously, like, yo. Y'all, y'all let so subscribe into the Patreon and all of that. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Send that, send that info to them because they're giving you quality content. You got the Bianca interview, um, in video behind the yep. big wall, right? Absolutely. It's like, yo, you know, and and you see, you see the respect they gain. Nobody leaking it, ain't nobody whatever. It's the vibe. This is the vibe, right? This is the vibe <laughs> right now. You gotta get on the A Show Patreon, and, and this is money well spent. Five dollars, right? Five dollars. Five dollars a month. 
that's the entry and then if you put in more trust me you got a lot more access trust me it it, it gets good trust me oh there's, oh, there's more levels oh, I there's more five is yeah, the this, minimum y'all five this is the cover charge absolutely but um <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. Of course, you can follow the A Show at the A Show RNC and make sure you listen to all our shows, including the Rewriters Room with Armand Channing and CC, as well as the War Report coming up later this week with Quan and Cyrus. We'll no doubt be talking about everything from AEW Rampage to NXT to NXT again to AEW <laughs> Dynamite. Mm-hmm. So they got everything on the course for you. So make sure you want to tune into that show because it's going to be a big one. And yeah, once again, where can they follow you, Jeff? Uh, Jeff J says on all social media, if you like pop culture commentary, all all the comic talk, um, you know, talk talk wrestling, talk sports, a whole lot of sports on there too. Um, and if you love power, uh, follow us at Power After Hours. We're on YouTube. We do live recaps and reviews of every episode in the Power Universe. So if you like that, definitely tap in with us. We have, we have a good time, and it's 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 the after party to a lot of those shows where you could come talk your shit. And and meet like minded people. So love the community and um yeah, I appreciate appreciate you giving me the platform. Y'all you and J Five Mills, you know, it's always love and I appreciate y'all for tapping into the A show and, and anything I do. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in and we will see you guys next week. Peace.